Welcome to the Inside Source from the KACU podcast studio in the middle of Abilene Christian University from the Journalism and Mass Communication Department. My name is Hutton Harris, director of ACU TV. Today we are joined by Connor Mullins, sophomore JMC major here and media relations coordinator and ESPN broadcaster for ACU, Zach Carlisle. So, Zach, tell me a little bit about your role here at ACU, and then um, how long have you been here? Where did you come from? And what have your what has your impression been of ACU the first couple of years you've been here? Yeah, so I came here as an intern way back now. It feels like in 2018 um, in the athletics department, the uh, sports information office. And so I took a job. They, they call it the media relations intern or whatever is what they called it back then. And so I uh, worked for Lance Fleming and, and was the sports information director, the SID for soccer and for uh, softball. And then they just said, hey, we need a we need a radio guy to do some women's basketball games. So I traveled with the women's basketball team that entire season. Um, what year and, was that? And did radio. That would have been 2018-19. So my first taste of ACU, we we had both of our teams in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. I mean, it was just a, a wild year. Um, and then we started moving towards some ESPN platforms. And Lance Fleming left, and so it opened up some full-time opportunities for us in that office. And so we hired myself and, and Cassie Kelly to be um, full-time SIDs. And so I've been in that role ever since. And, and my role has continued to kind of develop and, and grow uh, over the course of time and um, and now it's turned into very heavy in broadcasting and uh, doing all kinds of our ESPN games that we do. I mean, we're talking 100 games now. It feels like we do a year on ESPN. And so I'm, I'm the lead play-by-play voice for that. I do some radio with the teams when they're on the road. And ACU has been nothing but great to me. So it's been, been amazing to say that I'm already in my fourth year on the back half of it. So it's, it's crazy to think about. We're very lucky to have you here, obviously. Uh, you're very talented and and uh, so AC is very lucky to have you. Oh, thank you, Connor. Tell me a little bit about your experience with Zach. Obviously, being a, a a young student here, what have you guys done together over the first couple of years here in the JMC department? So last year, Owen was the main guy, pretty much for all the sports, and so I I got to do some stuff with Zach last year uh, in terms of basketball season. as was the main sport I did, and then uh, did some sideline for that with Zach being the play-by-play and then did some stuff with him this year with being the analyst and him being play-by-play and I've done some sideline and some studio stuff that we've done this year and so it's been a mix of things um, but Zach's really easy to work with he was like the first person I worked with to help me flow through the games and things like that and so learning to flow the games is really helpful for him because he just makes it easy and guides you through it so it's very helpful. So Zach kind of throwing it back in your court here working with Connor working with students why is that important for our university to continue to do that to recruit yeah i think it's huge i think one you're always looking for broadcasters you know from from my perspective i mean i know there's so much else that goes into the production of a game with with cameras and replay and graphics and and everything that we do um, for for a broadcast but i look at it straight from the announcer booth and i'm we're always looking for people that that want to step in and want to kind of just learn how the game progresses and how you can call the game. What I love that we get to do with our students is not only does someone get to sit next to me, we get to have somebody go on the sideline and, and be a reporter there. We get to have two people for basketball in our studio that get to do a halftime show. Where else are you going to get to do something like that? That's big time. That's the big time level because that's what you see at those at those uh, 
uh, top ESPN games or when you watch Fox or CBS, they send it to a halftime. Like it's a very professional product that we're putting out there. So not only does it give one student a chance to just sit next to me, we could rotate that out as much as we can, but we get to give four students a night a chance to be on the air. You're just not going to find that anywhere else. So, Connor, I'll again kind of throw it over to you as a student. How does that help you to continue to be engaged and continue to be excited throughout the whole season? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to find this experience anywhere else, even especially state schools. And so throughout the whole season, I'm doing something behind the camera or in front of the camera. And there's always an opportunity for me to do what I want to do. Uh, and so having, especially with the halftime show now, gives me another opportunity to be on camera during games rather than just doing sideline or doing analyst or maybe occasionally play-by-play if Sack's not doing it. Uh, and so it gives you a lot more opportunities and a lot more chances to kind of better yourself and better your voice and better the skills that you're learning and acquiring. And being a year into it, you're already getting all this experience under your belt and learning how to do it better and learning um, – how to do a professional broadcast. I mean, we're doing upwards of 80 games now, it feels like, and a lot of games. So there's tons of opportunities for not just myself, but the other five or six people that do it along with me. There's a lot of opportunities for us to do that. And I just had a thought on that, too, because there's a couple of ways that to look at it. Like, we're not the big Division One. We're not the Power 5 level because we couldn't do this with students mm-hmm. at the Power 5 level. They bring in the actual networks that do all of those games. Mm. So we're not that, but we're also not Division Two. We still are Division One. So you are still getting to see mid-major games at this level and that really people want to watch. And so you get to do that. Like it's not Division Two or Three. It's still D one, but it's not the big time, which I think is better because it gives us chances to kind of play around with it a little bit. It's almost like we've kind of fallen in this perfect crack to where we're like, okay, this is, like you're saying, Zach, this is not the big leagues, but it's definitely not the minor leagues. No. It's somewhere in the middle, you know? And so for for me as as a recruiter, because, again, that's what I see myself as. I remember the first time I talked to you on the phone, Connor, you know, and I, I wanted you because I want you to dive in. I wanted you to dive in as a freshman. To me, as a recruiter, I think it's amazing that we can give students like you and just so many other people that that are your age um, the opportunity to do that from eight year, you know, basically eighteen years old. That you're just not going to find that anywhere else. And 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 also, we don't say, hey, okay, you did it for a year, great, you got to do something else. You, you're going to get better as mm-hmm. you do this over and over and over again. And so, as a producer, as someone who's recruiting all the time, there really is no better currency to me than to give. An opportunity like we have at ACU TV. Yeah, that's what I like about it too, especially if you do come in as a freshman. That's why I think it's so important to figure this out as a freshman if, if you want to be able to come in and kind of dive head first because then you get four years of it. If you come in as a junior or a sophomore, even then, but if you get to – by the time you're a senior, your craft is so much better and you kind of find your voice as a broadcaster. That's the toughest thing. I think when you first come in, you mimic the guys that you watch and listen to, but by the time you do it, you're your own kind of way of broadcasting. You have your own style and your own voice, and I think you learn that. I, I was much better as a senior than I was as a sophomore in, in college, and now I'm, you know, a few years out of college. Yeah. <laughs> we won't Not say how many, far. but you, you just, you know, by the time I started doing this, I've already done this for 10 years now. So right. he can say this when he's 28 that he's been broadcasting for, for 10 years. And that was the last question I was going to ask was, Tell us about your experience in school and how does it mirror or is this a better opportunity than than you had? And how did that help you to where you are now? So I was at a Division II school, Upper Iowa, way up, way up there. I'm from the Midwest. And so um, 
the best part about being at a small school like that was they gave me chances from the get-go to do whatever I wanted. I basically got an audition as a sophomore. Hey, you're going to be the color commentator for one football game on the radio. If it goes okay, we'll let you keep doing it because football is such a mm-hmm. beast of a product that they can't afford to have a bad product out there. So they gave me one chance. Um, and it just happened to work out, so I was able to do the rest of the season. Um, but that was so much radio, and then we sort of transitioned slowly into TV by the time I was a junior going into my senior year. Um, and so we didn't have a studio or we were kind of just starting all that equipment and and getting what and what they have now is they're on a, a digital network in the eastern half of the state of Iowa up there and I kind of helped start that but I was in the transition mode so I did a lot of radio and I did a lot of TV over the course of it so by the time I was done with school and I also went to grad school up there so by the time I was done with all that you're talking about seven years of of work that uh, that equated to probably close to 400 games and so that's just that, there's nothing like that type of experience. Would I have dreamed to walk into a place that has this type of studio? You're just not going to find this, what we have at ACU, anywhere nationally. So I could never have dreamed of that, and I would have loved to have something like that because you can learn the other parts of the broadcast too. That's what I love about ACU TV. And, Connor, the last thing that I'll ask as a student is, you know, does your student body, do the people at ACU TV know how lucky you guys are to work with Zach, first of all, but also to, to have a studio and opportunities like this? Do you guys talk about it is what I'm saying? I don't know if anyone really realizes how great it is until they go into the studio. Like, I live, I've lived in Adeline for 11 or 12 years now, and I remember going on my first visit, and the studio was being built, and then coming back as a senior on a visit, and it was done. And first time I walked in, I was like, wow. I was, like, shocked that ACU even had – like the capability to do something like this. And so I don't know if many people realize how um, opportunistic this department is and how great it is and we're adapting and learning and still figuring things out. But the studio we have is top notch. It's, you can't find it anywhere else. Like I've, I've been, went to visit to Harding and that was my other option and I didn't really enjoy it very much. And I didn't see what they didn't have what we did and other schools don't have what we have. And uh, just the experiences we have, the students here take advantage of it, and this department prepares you for success out of college. Uh, and having the opportunity to even do an ESPN Plus broadcast is huge uh, because most schools don't give students that opportunity. You're going to love it, by the way, in about five or six years. You're going to look back on it and be like, oh, how lucky was I yes. when I was in yeah. college. Yes. I it, it is the true definition of experiential learning, Yeah, 100%. Sure. All right, after this, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit of uh, women's basketball with Zach Carlo. Back on the Inside Source here in the middle of Abilene Christian University with Connor Mullins, JMC Major, and Zach Carlisle, Mr. ESPN for ACU and ACU TV. We are so happy to have him on board today. Zach, thanks for being here again. I, I like the Mr. ESPN yes. because that's what the ACU uh, bus driver calls me. He just calls me ESPN. <laughs> he doesn't even, I think he knows my name, Zach, but he just calls me ESPN every time I see him. So it's always fun. Love that. I love that. Um, well, you've done some traveling in the last couple of years, specifically with women's basketball, obviously. Um, right now, they're fifth in the WAC standings, okay? 15-8 uh, and eight overall. Um, give me kind of your temperature on their season right now and where maybe you thought or the consensus of, of the WAC thought that they would be and where, where they are right now. 
it is so weird to think about because my expectations were so confusing going into the year. I just had no idea what the WAC was. And I, I knew of the teams that were at the top. I kind of knew who California Baptist was. They they just had been dominating everybody. But then it's like, who's Utah Valley and who's Dixie State and who are, you know, you've heard of Grand Canyon and knew about them more on the men's side than on the women's side. So going into the year, all right, well, one, there's going to be eight new players on the women's team. And you're going to try to figure out if they're going to be any good in this completely new league. The only thing I knew is that Sam Houston's usually pretty good, SFA is really good, and Lamar is usually pretty good. So I coming into the year, I was like, I think if we could finish top half, that's probably a win. Um, and sure enough, they're kind of exceeding, er, exceeding my expectations. And I think it's because I just didn't know how good those grad transfers would be. And, and I think that's really where... Um, it's it's come into play for them is is those grad transfers. It's completely changed what last year was because last year was such a, an anomaly and a down year that they that's this program just doesn't have. Julie Goodenough's one of the best coaches I've ever been around, and so um, for them to kind of be down last year and to get bounced in the first round um, against Nichols in the in the Southland tournament. They, they just said, we got to go make some changes. And so coming into the year, I was like, well, I hope these are good changes, but is it going to equate to anything? So my kind of assessment was, let's try to finish middle of the pack and get to Vegas and just kind of see if if we can make some noise there. But so far, fifth, they're they're closer to the top half, to the top four than I, I thought we would be coming in. They are, and I, and I think you hit it right on the head, is, uh, you know, those super seniors have really come in and made a huge difference. Obviously, um Jamie Von Aarons, she's been amazing. Um, obviously, Emma Middleton has been really solid, I would say. Um, but I, the person that has impressed me the most is Bella Earl, honestly. She's a stud. And uh, so just tell me a little bit about your thoughts as broadcasters sitting on the sidelines and at SID. You know, you're around them a lot. Who has impressed you this year individually? Yeah, I think without question, Jamie Bonarens. I mean, you, you kind of had heard about, okay, Colorado State, she was pretty good. Then you, you're kind of not coming down a level, but it's to a little bit of a lesser conference than than where Colorado State was. So you come down and 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 she's just came off the bench first few games and it's like, okay, she's, she's pretty good. They put her in the starting lineup and all of a sudden she's been the leading scorer the whole season. I mean, she's just been unbelievable. So I, without a question, she's impressed me. Like crazy, Bella Earl. I love. I think her ceiling is so high. I, I don't. I don't think I have. This is the first time I can remember just a freshman coming in, and I'm like, oh, she's going to be the star for four years. Yeah. I mean, she's she's absolutely the the heartbeat right now of what they do. And I love her kind of coming off the bench in the first quarter every game. That's kind of been the perfect role for her. Um, and then I think people forget that Sarah Griswold's not an addition this year, but she tore her ACL last March, and so for her to be ready opening night was kind of a miracle. I mean, that's a that's a seventh month, seven month turnaround because they went to that WBI tournament. She tore her ACL that first practice of the tournament. They didn't really know if they were even going to play in last year when the guys were in the NCAA tournament. And so for her to even be ready and then now for her to be like a double digit scorer every night inside is just huge. So her and Middleton are so good um, in the paint. But it hasn't been like the people that I – am used to seeing around here. It's been all the new pieces that have kind of made this team be where they are because now they have a chance to go get a top four seed, which gives you a multiple round bye yeah. um, in the WAC tournament. So I think it's been all those new pieces. Griswold's been huge to come back, but then like Bonnerens and Earl are just like, I mean, they're just otherworldly good players right now. 
So I think it's important, obviously, for us to put in perspective what the women's program has done over the last six or seven years. And so, um, you know, Connor, when did you first kind of start uh, watching the AC women's basketball team, uh, whether it be because you lived here in Abilene in high school? And when did you first kind of realize that they were kind of a household name here in Abilene? When the Dimba sisters came here yeah. in 2013 and 14, I remember watching them, and they were so electric, and that team was really fun to watch. And then I remember just the buildup, the women's team being like the best program we had on campus at the Division One level from the start. And then 2019 comes, Rihanna Wright has an incredible year, gets South, Southland Player of the Year, and we just run the table. And we get to the tournament, and then we get blown out at Baylor, but that's because it's Baylor. Baylor is always great at the women's level. And good enough has been very consistent since she's been here. She's always been arguably the best coach we've had at the D1 era. And I really thought in my eyes as in high school, I was like, Oh, she's probably going to leave soon. Like, I don't know if she, I don't know how much longer she'll stay at Abilene Christian because she's such a great coach that she's probably going to get an offer to coach somewhere else, but she stayed and she's been loyal to ACU and she's been fantastic. I mean, the team she's built this year. Yeah. Last year was a little bit of a down year, but this year's team is great. I mean, Bill Earl's probably going to get whack freshman of the year. She's a candidate for it for sure. I mean, she gets put up 17 on Monday against Chicago State. I mean, she's been consistent all year long. Just the the rise of this program and good enough as long as good enough stays, this program's gonna be fine, in my opinion. And the, where they sit right now is a really good spot for them. And I just think if they can keep Bella Earl for all four years, she's gonna be really special. I, I don't think there's a better coach for a better university. I, I don't think the fit is is better than Julie Goodenough at Abilene Christian. Yeah. She is exactly what ACU is. Mm. She that's that's who she is as a human being. She recruits that way. I mean, her middle name might as well be Christian. She is absolutely ACU. Like there is she could be anywhere else. This is the perfect home for her. Not only is she from Haskell, which is not that far away, but this is just it's been a beautiful home. It's been a beautiful marriage between her and the and the school. And she came in and went and just won right away. It's yeah. just been crazy. Yeah. I mean that, that that just doesn't happen at this level. ACU has uh that 15 and 8 right now. They've got uh, a, a decently hard schedule coming up. Um they played Tarleton twice, okay? Um just reading it off the uh off the page I've got here, they played Tarleton twice. They played Dixie State, SFA, Lamar, and Sam Houston. Um, for, you know, obviously SFA is SFA. Um, yeah. Probably not favored in that game. Uh, it is. It is here, so it, that is a, a, probably an advantage. Um, but what do you see the next? Obviously, the next six games. Um, what What's kind of the mark that you would say as um, someone who watches this team a lot? that they need to maybe aim for. Obviously you want to go, you know, go undefeated, but what do you think? Four and four and three or however many of the games there are, you know, how many games they need to win to, to get to that four seed, do you think? Yeah, that's interesting because so of of the six that are left, Tarleton's the the only one that we haven't seen yet. Correct. So and we, we see them twice. We gotta, we gotta play them twice, yes. but we are the last team to have a bye. Everybody else has already had their first bye. We've played two more games than almost everybody else so far um has ACU. So we have a bye this week and next week. Yeah. So um, it's two games in 14 days coming up, which is a little weird that this time of year you kind of want to have momentum and right. be playing each Thursday and Saturday, and we're not doing that right now. we got to wait a couple of weeks before we start doing that. So I want to see what Tarleton looks like on Saturday because that gives me a little bit of a gauge um, as to how good we are against Tarleton. They haven't had a great year. I think they're 3-7 and seven or 3-6, and six, something like that, um, in, in the WAC this year. So that game's kind of a little question mark to me. The win of the season might be at Sam Houston. 
if we look back and if ACU gets a top four seed, the reason might be because of what they did without three starters in Huntsville uh, in January playing a team. All the COVID stuff had hit them. So there was no Cameron Mraz, there was no Jamie Bonnerans, and there was no Sarah Griswold at that game. And they won by double digits at Sam Houston, who's now on a roll, weirdly enough. Um, they got their coach back, and they've been rolling. So to get them at home is huge. They've won five in a row. Five straight, yeah. and they beat California Baptist, yeah. who had not lost yeah. a whack game in two years. Yeah. So that game's going to be really hard, but it is at least at home. So I feel okay about that one. SFA, I don't care where you play SFA, they're better than everybody. Like yeah. that, that game is going to be tough because that's that's just who SFA is. But I do think like you could win that Sam Houston game if you could beat Tarleton. Depending on how good Tarleton is, you got to go there um, at some point too. So that won't be easy. At least it's only ninety miles away. Um, but right. we've already seen Dixie. We've already seen Lamar. I mean, these are winnable games. It's not a brutal schedule the rest of the way. It's winnable. If you get to four and two there, you're easily, I think, probably a, a, a top four seed going into WAC tournament. Then you got all these buys coming up, and anything can happen. And you're we'll, not t- we'll talk about this with the men in just a minute too. But it, I mean, we have seen the last three years how important getting that four seed, three seed, two Gigantic. seed, one seed is. Right. And the way the WAC format sets up, if you finish seven through ten, you have to win. Five Good. games yeah. in five days. You finish a couple of seats higher, then you have to win four in four days. You get to top four, you have to win three times in three days. This program's done that before. They, they, beat, they beat Central Arkansas, they beat Lamar, they beat Corpus Christi, and all of a sudden they're in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. So that's so much more doable than having to play five straight days. Are you kidding me? That's impossible. Yeah, that almost that almost seems criminal to make someone do that. Impossible. Um, With 10 teams down there, yeah, or up there, I should say. That is going to be interesting. All right, well, um, let's uh, let's take another break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk about the men, obviously, um, going to the NCAA tournament the last couple of years, and uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say about them. We'll be right back after this. Back on the inside source here in the middle of Abilene Christian University with Connor Mullins and Zach Carlisle from the KACU studio here brand new podcast studio that we've built over the summer let's uh let's talk a little men's basketball here and uh connor's gonna take it the rest of the way and ask a couple questions to zach go for it connor yeah so this men's team sits at 16 and 5 they're 7 and 5 in conference play right now we didn't re- i didn't really know what to expect from this team this year because they lost so much last year with colton leaving clay leaving and joe leaving and a new coach and a new conference i wasn't really sure what to expect now they're seven and five they got some really tough games down the stretch. They got Tarleton on the road, Sam on the road, Lamar at home, which should be a winnable game, at SFA, which isn't easy, versus Dixie State and versus Tarleton at home. If they can split Sam and SFA, I think they have a chance at a 5 or a 4. If they lose both of those, I think they get a 6 or a 7, which makes a big difference in terms of the bracket in the tournament. And so I'm not sure where this team goes. If they can win, if they can split the games at Sam and SFA, I think they got a really good chance to have a special march. Tanner said this week, or maybe last week after the game, if you can, February is a dark and gloomy month. If you can get through February, you can have a beautiful march. And so I think that's just a great way to put it in perspective for this team. They, they can force turnovers like anybody in the country. They're a great turnover team. It's just that lack of size. I don't know what you think about this team, but I want to hear your thoughts 
on this final month for the men's team. Well, that, that February into March thing, I feel like I heard that from Joe Goldie a couple of times. Yeah. Too, so I wonder <laughs> if Brett got uh, got some of that, that that from them. But It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> turns out the wax really good. Yeah. Men's basketball it is crazy great. I mean – no offense to our former league, but it, it's just not even – it's not close. I mean, how much better the WAC is um, moving over with Sam Houston and with SFA and with Lamar. Um, turns out going to the Lamar is really hard to do. Yeah. We, we, we really struggled at their place and at UTRGV. Probably mm-hmm. ran away with two wins there that we probably shouldn't have won. Um, this team's weird. <laughs> they're kind of weird. They're They're really good when they're really good. And then when they're really bad and they don't play together, things can unravel a little bit for them. You saw the five-game losing streak. Um, weird season of streaks for this team. Lose yeah. two, win 11, lose five, win five or whatever But it I think right it's now. also when they get points off turnovers, they win. And when they don't, they struggle. And I, I think that's the key for me. And I don't know if you can rely on that in Vegas. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the teams that we've lost to are the teams we're going to see up there. And so – you got a half court offense execute at times, and that's where our lack of size gets us a little bit. Um, I do think the ceiling's high still, though. I, I do too. I, I think the veteran guards gives you a chance each night. I I, I think late in a game, I there's people that are taller than Corian, Reggie, and, and Makai, and Damian. There's definitely guys that are bigger, but those guys have played together for years now. And so I just trust them. I, I think it's just a trust factor with these guys that I think Brett has too, um, that just late in the game, they're going to figure it out. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, yeah. but they're going to figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, this team needs to avoid the seven seed. If, they, yeah. if they're the seven seed, we play too hard each night to do that five straight days. Even four straight days is really hard to do. I mean, we were, we were the two seed each of the last couple of years. You went twice in the Southland, you're yeah. going to the NCAA tournament. You can do it back-to-back nights. Can you do it four or five straight nights in a row? Nobody in America plays harder than ACU. No one. Yeah. And it's running after the ball every single 30-second shot clock. They are running around for 30 straight seconds. And so it's 40 minutes of nonstop. You just get tired. You get tired if you have to do that four or five straight days. So seeding is everything to these guys because of their style of play. And then they just have to be able to score it. If they can score it up there in Vegas, I trust them. I really do um, because the defense travels a little bit. they got to score off those turnovers. But defense travels, and can they make a clutch shot or two late or maybe get to the foul line? They've been really good at getting to the foul line. So I, I think I think there's a ton of optimism still for, for the way these guys are, even though right now they're sitting at the seventh seed. And I think so too. It's just – can they score? I think that's also been a problem. And some in that five-game losing streak is they couldn't score. And, you know, if the season ended today, they had to beat Cal Baptist, Utah Valley, Sam Houston, Seattle, and then GC or NMSU. I mean, that's a really tall order. And I, remember, I talked to Grant Boone on Sunday about this. He said, I had some optimism in 2019 when AC was a two-seed to get to the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure if I feel much optimism now. With that five-game losing streak we had going into March, I don't know if how much of a much more of a ceiling we have, but I agree we still have a high ceiling. He's just, I'm not sure if this team can do it in March in in the WAC. It's very tough. I really think you know the the first couple of games we had at home here in January were surprising to the the Wildcats. I really think that they thought coming off that 11-game win streak that they could beat anybody, and that's great. You want to feel that way. But when you lose to SFA, 
and Sam Houston Which we and, get, have lost. and get punched in the mouth. And then you take three more games to kind of figure it out. <laughs> and now you've lost five in a row all of a sudden. And Arion was out for those games too. He was. He was. Um, it, it just, as you said, Zach, this is a completely different league. You cannot, not that they did. I'm just saying you. it, it, it proves you cannot take any team lightly. Well, and, and two, if you don't play, again, no offense to the Southland Conference, right. but when we're playing a game at McNeese or at Nichols or at whatever, if you have a bad shooting night, if you have an off night, you can still get away with a win. You, you have an off night in this whack, you're losing. You're losing the game at home or on the road. The weird part about this team was 21-0 and at home. And then it was Cess FA that beat him. Like it wasn't. It wasn't one of the new whack teams that came in and got him. It was SFA. It was a team we've seen for years. That was a weird game. It was just bizarre. And then it kind of carried over. And Flag is making every shot for Sam Houston. Then they make that shot at the buzzer. There, you know, if if Reggie doesn't slip, does that game go to overtime? Does AC win that game? You know, but Maybe. that's that's the difference between like you're saying a seven seed, a six seed, a hundred percent. You could also argue the flip side yep. that ACU shouldn't have two wins at no. UTRGV and Lamar. No. They got away with them. So, yeah. you know, it, it all kind of balances itself out in the end. So maybe seven's kind of where they they are and where they should be right now. Um, but like, as far as getting to Vegas, the seed means everything, and the only difference between us and some of those bigger teams or better teams, I should say, than us right now. Each one of those has a bona fide star. Each one has just an absolute stud. And we don't have one. We have to play as all 14 guys. It's a little bit different because they have a guy, flag can just take over a game at Sam Houston. New Mexico State's going to have the player of the year in the whack. I mean, so it it that's probably the biggest difference is late in the game, they're giving it to one guy. Late in the game, who are we giving it to? You know, depends it, on who has the hot hand that night. It changes every single night. It's every single night, which is good and bad. Yeah. And so, going into Vegas, that'll be the question: Are we going to turn teams over and score off of it, or do we have to make a play late in the game? And then, if we do, we try to survive and advance to the next round. So, I again, I I think uh, just looking back a couple of years and um, kind of just through some conversations with people here, ACU as a community, I think, um, unfairly <laughs> expects ACU to go to the NCAA tournament every year. Yeah. That's just not going to happen every year. And so, Zach and Connor, but let's start with Zach. How special have the last couple of years been? Um, I would say from a national perspective, but someone who follows the team every single day, like how cool has it been and, and how rare has it been where if had COVID not taken place, we could have had three straight years of going to the NCAA tournament, but also the women could have gone as well. And so just tell me about your experience last couple of years and how unusual it is for a small school like this to go to the NCAA tournament. Well, so I think what fans forget is you only get one from each of these leagues. There's only one. There are 13 teams in our conference. Only one can go. And it's not the regular season champion. You have to win your tournament. Your season, as fun as the regular season is, it doesn't matter. You have to win your bracket, in March at your conference tournament. And if you do not win that tournament, you do not go. There is one team. 
it is so hard at our level because at the big time levels, at the Power Five schools, they're putting eight, nine, ten teams in the, the NCAA tournament. So you can go more frequently. You get one chance here. And so for us to, I think we would have gone in the 1920 season. I actually think the men and the women would have gone. Yeah. I thought they were the two best teams in the Southland Conference that year. Um, we didn't get to prove it because nobody got to prove it. But so the men in particular are on this like basically magic carpet ride where the goal is to shift expectations. We want to be great every year. However, if we go to WAC Vegas and we get to the quarterfinal and we lose, that's still a good season. It's still a good season. So I, I hope our fans realize it, that what we're doing right now is really hard to do. We took a step. How, how many teams can say that they actually took the next step outside of Baylor last year? ACU took the next step. The, the year before, we had gone to the NCAA tournament, got blown out. Our next trip, we won a game. So the only way to get better is to go to the Sweet 16. What? I, that is so hard Which to I do. Really S- we had a SFA's never been to the Sweet 16. They've been to three or four NCAA tournaments. So yeah. it, the, 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 the expectation for it to be that, that's you're asking too much. But the expectation for us to be a contender in our conference every year Year in, year out, build a new arena, get in there, become a really good home court advantage, and to be contending every year, that should be our expectation. AC's never been that. They are now. So it's a testament to what they've built. Connor, what do you think about, um, again, being part of the student body, Moody being built, basically because of the success of the last five, six, seven years of the, of the, the basketball programs, how excited are you as a student journalist, as a sophomore here, but really as someone who's going to be calling games there next year, how exciting is that to have a new arena? I'm really excited for Moody because Teague is like a high school gym, if I'm being completely honest. No, it's not. It's worse <laughs> than that. It's a tennis court. Yeah. It's a tennis court, yes. uh, But I'm really excited to just be in Moody again because I've never gotten to go to anything in Moody except for like Wildcat Week stuff freshman year and so to go to like chapels in moody will be fun and to especially call games in moody it's gonna be incredible and doing stuff calling games from the studio last year is not like calling games at teague or at moody now uh and just the rise in expectation level we've had for this program has grown exponentially and the ut game last year we beat them and i was shocked i didn't even think we had a chance if i'm being completely honest uh, I picked them. So yeah, I did yeah. think we had a chance. I thought that <laughs> I, was our I, I don't know. Draw. I just wasn't sure. I I wasn't sure if we could force the twenty turnovers we we did <laughs> against UT. And I really thought at that point, okay, we're going to the Sweet Sixteen because UCLA is probably not right. very good. And then they go to the Final Four. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm but, very excited yeah. to see this team play down the stretch. And I think Zach, as you said, as we wrap up here, I mean, man, the last couple of years has been this magic carpet ride. But it's all building to us literally building a new arena so that we can have that home court advantage. You see what GCU does. You see what Utah Valley or you see what, you know, New Mexico State does. Like, that should be the ultimate goal here. And really, yes, I would love to go back to the NCAA tournament. But I think the ultimate prize for the men and the women is to have staying power and have a yeah. home court advantage. Yeah. To pack Moody and to get people in there. And for us as the people that are broadcasting to show that story, you know, and to really help that and recruit students here to 
kids that are my kids age right now 15 years from now wanting to walk around in a you know a, an Arion simmons jersey you know and say i want to be i want to go to acu to play basketball or watch basketball and think about this too uh everybody says well we want to be grand canyon grand canyon just went to their first ncaa Correct. tournament last march it was their first one they went as a 15th seed and got blown out i mean so what we did last year we've been to two of them we've been to more than they have so don't look at it as NCAA tournament or bust. Look at it as this longevity thing where everybody loves GCU. We're more successful than GCU is. But it's going to that home court. It's building a new arena. If we don't go to the first NCAA tournament, no, new Moody's not happening. No. So that first team, everybody owes it to what we did in March of 2019. Yep. I think yeah. that's where it goes. As good as 2021 was, yep. March of 2019 is where this all Yep. stems from. And so that's what I look at. And look at what we've built over the course of the last three years. We're 21 and whatever, two yep. at home, 24 and two at home in a temporary home. What can we do in New Moody? That is the exciting thing about this school right now. Connor and Zach, thank you guys for joining us. Obviously, bet, this, is, this will be on Spotify for everybody to listen to. Thanks, guys.